Welcome to the Insurance Business Babes podcast, where we show you how we've grown our insurance and related businesses through talking about what works for us, what didn't work, and will help you grow your own business through our struggles and our successes. This show is owned by CMED LLC and hosted by Kathy Klein and Joanna Wickoff. And now let's get busy. Hey, y'all. I'm so glad you're here. Joanna and I have so much to talk about. There is so much crap going on right now. Oh, my goodness. The government is coming for my job. (laughs) I know. I'm like, oh, my gosh. When I read that, I'm like, oh, my God, poor Joanna. But you know what? Mm. It's pretty apparent that they want everything to be a call center. Like, and it's so weird because a call center is the ones that cause all the problems. So what the H? But you know what it is? It's the people who own those call centers. Oh, they're multimillionaires. They're not the Kathys and the Joannas. They have money and they're in the pockets of the people who make the laws. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. We have a status of um, the union meeting Monday with my crew. And I told him, I was like, we're not going to act like Chicken Little. The sky is not falling. The smart thing, Kathy, is I've continued to write business just like a regular agent, right? And so even if they eliminate overrides, you know, it'll it'll hurt the agent who doesn't know what to do. It'll be harder to, end, to come into the industry because nobody's going to train anybody for free, right? If they are successful in that, it's going to hurt the tools that we have gotten used to that IMOs pay for it, like our technology, our quote and roll Sunfires and Connectures. Those are not cheap. You know, my IMO provides a million services for me. I mean, they're mailing postcards for me for free. They have a... I think they'll still be... And for the listener, in case you haven't heard, looks like CMS wants to eliminate all funding except the approved $700 or whatever it is for a new person, $350, whatever. (laughs) And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, okay, marketing money is going to be illegal. And they haven't passed that yet. And I doubt if they'll pass it this year in 2023 as we're talking or even next year, 2024. But I do think that this is something that is potentially going to happen. And what Joanne and I are talking about is how is that going to affect the little guy? How is it going to affect us? And how's it going to affect Joanna? Because Joanna's, you know, <laughs> she's got a downline and me, I'm, and I know what you're saying to You're like, okay, no one's going to train somebody for free. And I'm like, I don't even want to do it for the hundred dollars. You know, I'm like, yeah. by the time I train that person, they're going to leave me and go somewhere else when they're really starting to make good money. That's, that's my fear. That I'm going to spend all this money when they're babies. And then when they grow up, they're like, okay, mom, see you later. I'm going to go make my millions now. Thanks for helping me, but bye. And I'm like, no, I don't have time for that crap. That certainly has happened to me. Yes. <laughs> Well, I, I'm just like, no, I, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that. So the new rules probably won't affect me much. I mean, I do get about $10,000 a year from my uh, upline uh, in marketing co-op. 
Um, so th- and they do provide other things too, but like I, I pay for my own call recording. I do yeah. all that myself. I don't use their CRMs. I don't use their call recording. Cause I've always been of like, I need to own that stuff myself. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I don't want my clients to have their phone number that I don't own. And here is a, what's happening now is the perfect explanation for why you do not want somebody else to own your website or own Mm -hmm. your phone number or own your call recordings. Mm -hmm. You know, what if you part ways and they're like, that's fine, but I'm going to keep the call recordings. And if somebody makes a complaint, you're going to have to you're going to have to request them for us and we might just drag our feet mm-hmm. getting them to you. Exactly. So this is this this will affect us in the end regardless of whether Joanna and I have our own book of business. It will affect us if this goes through. So what I'm going to encourage my partners to do and we're going to talk about this Monday in depth. We're going to go through the what's being proposed. But I think that the legislatures, whoever came up with this proposal, really has never sat in our shoes. Here's the thing. Yes, I get some marketing co-op from my IMO. My IMO has it in my contract where it's the same dollar regardless of which brand I write. So I don't get any more if I write (laughs) versus it's the same, you know, marketing co-op, whether which even if I write unknown, like in Pennsylvania, I get the same dollar versus writing the big boy. Mine has nothing to do with who I write, like right. zero. And so I was reading the the new proposed rule and it's saying that we're incentivized to write with the people that are giving us the most marketing dollars. And I'm like, I I do know that marketing dollars exist out there and my I my FMO gives me a pot like they say okay this is the amount that you earned from and this is the amount you earned from but honestly I don't even look at those pot like I I don't even know cuz the majority of my money comes from just me getting reimbursed from spending marketing yeah. like it has nothing to do with how much I'm writing. It, it, it doesn't even have to do with any, uh, with what I'm writing. Right. My FMO says, we believe that if you're going to pay half, that you're going to make up for that. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know, that might change <laughs> with the new, with the you new rule. You know what's crazy? I actually have carriers that have offered me a lot more marketing money. I have, you know, a regional carrier that's new and they're trying to make a splash and they're trying to, and they've offered me lots and lots of money, but you know what? I haven't taken a dollar because I have a rule. Let me prove to you I can write this product, prove to myself I can write this product. You can help me on the back end, but you know, they said, how, how much can you, you know, they asked me all the things, can you do this? Can you do this? I was like, let me, cause you know, new carriers are typically hard to write in an area. Who's that? Who's Who's that again? And they're newer to the networks. They usually don't have a big network as they grow. We actually have written less than 3% of our business with this new carrier. You know, like, so the what what is being proposed in this rule is factually not correct with most of the agents I know. Because the carriers that do have the money to throw at them, 
we're not using that money because we're we're like eh w i would love to write you but your product is not you know that yeah that you can sell here you know you know what's funny they think that we're a bunch of money grubbing grabbing people and we don't care no about if, that, if that was the case that my entire book would be <laughs> who offered me buka bucks to write all their deep snips and i can't sell their product here you know it, like that's what i'm saying they think that they don't think that we care about the client you know no. and i'm like have they even ever spoken to any of us? Yeah, Probably like, not. And how I'm, many of I'm us really actually think... do the HRAs, you know? Oh, my gosh. I've done like three. It's <laughs> hard, hard to do. It's hard well, to do. I I, do you have time? I mean, it takes me the whole, I allot 50 minutes Yeah. per client. And they've, this is after we've gathered information from them. It's, this is not the total amount of uh-huh. time that is spent with it, with someone. But when I am ready to help them enroll, I allot 50 minutes. I am usually running right up to the wire. I'm going 58 minutes. So I'm like eight minutes over, which means I can't go to the bathroom uh-huh. between my appointments. And yes, for the listener, I do all my appointments on the phone, uh-huh. but I'm not an outbound and I'm not a call center. These are all referrals yeah. coming into me from referrals or yeah, I get them from my websites as well. But about 90% of my new clients come from referrals. But I'm like, were you seeing that they just made up numbers? Uh, yeah. They, I just, just, they, they just made things up. Like, couldn't they have done a little bit of research before they said, let's change the whole way that, but that we're compensated? It's actually the call centers who push one carrier over another because I've been an upline for eight call centers before and some of the bigger ones I know that are in my Facebook groups some of them have said that the agents are saying we're being told to push this one carrier this week you know in 2019 I was on a project one of my friends had a call center here in uh, Georgia and he got millions of dollars to promote one call one one carrier millions now, he didn't meet the goal with that carrier, so they were not really happy with him. But, that, like, go after those people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, go, go after out, the call centers. Those find are the, the money. Find out who the carriers gave millions of dollars to in chunks of change and go after them. Don't, don't come after my little $25, you know? It's crazy. And that's another thing. Speaking of $25, they think that it costs us $30 to record calls and maintain them for 10 years are they out <laughs> of their minds my, my my google cloud costs more than three dollars a year <laughs> that well i said 30 but three thirty, whatever i mean yeah. it, it's crazy and what about the time spent having to deal with organizing those calls they've never and- done it i think i think that they should have to be a Joanna on the streets and you tell me how much it costs you to do this, find your clients, record everything, store it appropriately, do all the administrative work, and then come back and tell me how I do my job. But guess what? Here's the thing. We're all supposed to be self-employed, right? Right. I'm an independent contractor. How are you dictating anything for an independent contractor? Because they're, they are the government and they're there to help. 
They are the government. They're there to help. And, you know, we can be independent contractors for the insurance carriers, but I can understand because I was a financial advisor before. There were rules I had to follow. But let me tell you, the reason why I stopped being a financial advisor is because the rules became prohibitive. And Mm -hmm. Joanna, I am this far. I am this far from saying I'm going to do supplement only. I'm not going to get contract. I'm not going to do sort of, well, you know what? I would still do certifications each year because I think that's important, Yeah. but I am just so, so close. It, it's just now I know that there's people just waiting for people to say, oh, I'm not going to do it anymore because then, then maybe there will be only a hundred thousand agents doing this. <laughs> that's just hysterical that they think there's a hundred thousand insurance agents selling Medicare and we're all splitting that big pot and we're all making millions of dollars. Some agents certify and never sell anything. Well, are they getting that figure from certifications or from insurance licenses? Because they said there's like 800,000 insurance. I don't, I don't, I think they're just making the numbers up. I don't think they got it from anywhere. They could be pulling DOI data, but here's the thing. I'm licensed in 46 states so that my license would be due would be 46 duplicates. That's right. right. I'm licensed in 46 or not uh, 14. Well, I don't know. Anyway, I'm licensed in multiple states. So yeah, that's multi, that's counting me multiple times. Mm -hmm. But the majority of my business is done in two states. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just ludicrous. These new regulations. And we'll see. We'll see what happens over time. But that's one of the reasons that the listener, that the the agents out there, you need to own your own book. Don't diversify your upline, your book. Diversify it, but you don't let your upline control everything about you. Don't let them be your CRM. Don't let them be your website. And for the love of chocolate, stop promoting insurance carriers' names. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why are you promoting the insurance carrier's name? I have people on certifiedmedicareagents.com that are promoting, I'm licensed with, I'm contracted with this carrier and this carrier. And, and first of all, that's probably not compliant. And I tell people, run your listing through your compliance department. The, you know, if you name your insurance carrier, they have to approve that site. What what do you people Most doing? agents think that having a billion carriers listed makes them look like something. Nobody cares. A lot of them even put illegally put the carrier logo on their business card. Why? And nobody cares. It just it makes it look cluttered is what it makes it does, you know. It makes you look like you're a freaking employee and you're not going to have their best interest at heart. Uh-huh. that you are going to be pushing that insurance carrier. You need to be a trusted advisor. Advi- right. Okay. Did you ever see a doctor with the logos of the drug carriers no. on the drug plant? You know, the selling drug Pfizer. <laughs> selling yeah. Me. I'm <laughs> selling Pfizer. I'm selling blah, blah, blah. I mean, really? You really, go to the doctor because of how they solve your problems, right? Exactly. Some of these insurance that you need to change your way of thinking. I agree. You are not there to push an insurance company. Just 
think of yourself as a doctor. Would a doctor do this? Would a doctor, Joanna, answer their own phone? (laughs) No. Would a doctor put the drug company's logos on their website? Nope. Nope. So if a doctor's not going to do it, why are you doing it? You know? It's it's crazy. I'm I'm interested to see how this pans out. I don't know when the legislation would go into effect. What next year, maybe? I hope not. You know, they're really coming for the hierarchies and the marketing money, like you said, the HRAs. No, I I understand. Marketing money really became publicly talked about because of social media the last couple of years. It used to be like a hush-hush kind of thing. Usually the top producers or the favorites only got the marketing money from the uplines. The marketing money was always given to from the carriers to the IMO. It was just a secret on who got it and how to get it, you know. And as I grew up in the space, I started figuring it out, you know. And a couple of years ago, it was only a couple of the big carriers that had marketing money. You know, the one that started with you would never give national marketing money. You know, it was always local. And, and that's fine. I, would, I actually taught a class this past summer on how to go to your carrier broker managers and, and pr- give them a business proposal that made sense for them for them to co-op, right? That's great. Yeah. I know my marketing money was never given to me last year, nor none of my agents. Some people did put it in their pockets and it never reached But it wasn't you. It wasn't me. Right. But, you know, we rely on that marketing money to subsidize our cost of marketing because it's not cheap. It's not cheap. Whether you're creating websites and SEO or going out and doing events and making cookies or whatever, it's not cheap. We paid $1,500 per Walmart to have new agents being a Walmart. And some of them are not making up the ROI. You know, that's not cheap. That's a, a loss for us, really. Right. Some of the Walmarts are not panning out and we haven't made $1,500 there yet. <laughs> But again, that's a risk that the upline takes. My upline took that risk. You know, they took it off. My, they said, Joanna, don't worry about it. We're going to use our money for this, you know. That's awesome. It was awesome. So the, I'm I'm getting mad as the government's coming to, for my uplines because I rely on my uplines. My uplines will answer if I send them a report saying, Kathy got a bill from you know, the carrier and she's QMB or whatever, they'll fix it for me so I can focus my time on sales. You know, they'll do client service work and support for me. And any nobody else does that. And I'm like, I can't afford to lose that. I, I got a little spoiled, you know, like, like what is this world going to turn into if they go for the IMOs who provide our quote and roll systems? You know, I, I own my own call recording too, but the Sunfires I love. I mean, it makes it makes doing business easier. It does. If I have to go back to going to every carrier again and having to learn their freaking website, I think I'm going to have to kill myself. Because I was here when I had to go to every carrier yeah. and they're all different. Yep. And having one place where you can do almost, not everything, but where you can do almost everything is really nice. I don't use Sunfire. I use uh, the other one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, my upline just actually sent me a text yesterday. Speaking of marketing dollars, Mm -hmm. they said, do you use 
I don't know, it was something I didn't know. I said, no, I use Connecture. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, it's it's on Medicare Center. And I'm like, well, I've I've never seen it. And she said, well, these two carriers are offering money for our agents. And I said, well, I don't know how to get... They, she said, you have to use this thing. And it wasn't Sunfire oh. and it wasn't Connecture. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. Did they call it Medicare Link? Yes, Medicare Link. What is that? That's Medicare Center version of Sunfire. That's what I asked her. I said, is it Sunfire? Mm -hmm. So she doesn't know. Mm -hmm. I said, is it Sunfire? Because I don't use Sunfire. Mm -hmm. I said, I use Connecture. (laughs) And um, that was funny. She was like, yeah, they're giving money. And I'm like, okay. But I didn't say this to her because she works for my F. I'm like, don't you know that CMS is trying to take that money away? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. But yeah, so even when I'm offered money, to sell certain plans. I, you right. know what? That's just not the way I do business. I'm going to go in and I'm going to recommend the plan that works best for that client. Mm-hmm. That's just, mm-hmm. that's just how I do it. And I think 90% of all, ins- all of us do it that way. I don't think, I think we're looking most, at compensation. I think, no, I mean, I just had an agent have to write a guaranteed issue med sup. You know how much he's going to get paid for that med sup? $25 were nothing. 2%. What's 2% oh, well, that's the- more than what I usually get. I usually well, get 25 bucks or nothing. How much How much is it? I'll do the math for you right here. Let's say in Georgia, it's normally about $130 a month for the... 130 times two. So $2.60 a month. So we might as well have written a uh, high deductible plan G. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, his time... 31. You know, so yeah, so he probably lost money writing that. Oh, of course he did, but he'll get referrals. Yeah. But anyways, he doing the right thing. You know, a lot of people think that we push people into plans that pay us more and everything like that. And sometimes we really have no choice. It's guaranteed issue unless you push them into an MAPD. And we try to treat people like we would want our parents treated, right? Absolutely. But I I do have to say one thing. When I write a guaranteed issue... Mm -hmm. I, I make sure that client knows that I am not getting my my normal compensation. Okay. And because I don't want them, I, I want them to understand how mm-hmm. that in a way I'm doing them a favor mm-hmm. by doing this. And, and I do tell people, um, let's say somebody has Parkinson's or something. Mm-hmm. I'll tell people, I'll say, you're not going to get a supplement plan unless you move out of the area of a Medicare Advantage plan. And then I mm-hmm. say, and then it's going to be tough for you to find an insurance agent to do that for you because they're not going to get paid. Mm-hmm. But And they still have expenses. Their ENO still has to cover you, mm-hmm. all of these expenses You're that right. they still have. So I tell people, you know, I make sure they know because then they're more grateful. You know how mm-hmm. some people you do all this work and they're just oh. not grateful at all. Usually the more work you spend, the less yeah. grateful the person is. Yeah. So I tell people now, I make sure that they, that they know when sure. I'm doing extra work for them. And I, especially if I'm not getting paid. And I think the listener should too. A lot of the work I do is, is a service to clients you know, Medicaid waivers, I specialize in that in Georgia. I don't get paid for Medicaid to help people get waivers, you know. No, and you can't, right? Isn't that against the law to get paid no, for I don't that? even know who to ask for a check, you know. Uh, social, yeah. I mean, somebody called me the, the other day and wanted Social Security advice. And 
I was just giving it as if I was still working over there and I, I don't have their Medicare yet. You know, I'm hoping that they give me the opportunity to do that. But yes, yeah, so, and sometimes, so here in Georgia, an under 65 med sub for someone who's on disability can only really be written by two carriers that are captive, not by- It's one where I live. Well, <laughs> I found has a plan N that's the cheapest here. It's like $230. And but so only I, if they're military. No, no, they no, no. Get, oh, you will sell it to a non-military? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. So you just give them the phone number or what exactly. do you do? Yeah. So I, I, I'll do the PDP. Um, so I have a client, she's turning um, Medicare eligible in February and her condition is so severe that she's probably going to, I'm going to encourage her to get a med sup, you know, because the max out of pockets here, we do have a $2,900 max out of pocket plan that they removed the commission from. Of for, course they did. For the agent. But again, on that plan, there's prioritizations. There's networks, right? And when you have a lot of Part B drugs, that's a headache. You have to be on a supplement plan if you're using a lot of Part B drugs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that, in my opinion, that's the only way to do it because yeah. you're not going to you're you're not going to pay, right? Yeah. So what we're encouraging my agents and my friends and Medicare mentors and insurance ladies to do once I dissect this is to write to the powers that be. Every, every, I think every agent should write. There's power in voice quantity because we don't want them to just hear from five of us loud big mouths. We want them to hear from thousands of us about how it's going to affect not just you as the agent, but your beneficiaries because they don't care about us as the agent. We need to spell it out for them how their proposals are going to affect our parents, our beneficiaries. Because here's the thing I know from being a former government employee, when I worked at Social Security, they would always, um, they would always really side on the on the side of the beneficiary. They never wanted to cause harm to that beneficiary, right? So, like, that's why they have, you know, in Social Security has like these things, kind of like statute of limitations and stuff, you know. But you want to tell them how that proposal is going to hurt the beneficiary. The beneficiary is not going to be have access to many trusted advisors. Right now, SHIP doesn't go through the same education we do. Medicare.gov hires new people who don't even know the lingo to do their own job. It's a joke. It really is. And when I lived in San Diego, the SHIP volunteers were pushing Medicare Advantage plans for some reason. Like they were not really going over Medicare supplement and the advantages of those plans. I would have clients come in and they say, yeah, I spoke to a SHIP volunteer and and this is what they said. I said, well, what did they say about Medicare supplement? Oh, they didn't even bring that up. That was in California? Yeah. Well, it's been a while, but I'm like, really? Really? Because in some states, supplements are not talked about as much because they're viewed as more costly when it's not true. Like, you know, in places like LA County, where max out of pockets are as low as $299, which is crazy. Some people say, well, how can I sell a supplement that's $130? 
same thing, peace of mind network, that supplement, that Medicare Advantage plan has the tiniest network ever. And again, prior authorizations, right? That's the big thing is prior authorization in yeah. my opinion. Well, and um, especially when you're going to skilled nursing and stuff, you know, my grandmother, New York is a GI state, but she was going to the nursing. She's actually back in the hospital now, going probably going to skilled nursing for hard 21 days. <laughs> um, she's like what I call a frequent flyer, you know, yep. but she doesn't she doesn't have the mental capacity. She has both Medicare and Medicaid and her agent is my sister. And I told my sister, I said, take grandma off the D-SNP that she's on and put her on a prescription-only plan so that these prioritizations are not a problem every 21 days when she's at the skilled nursing. And so there are some agents who don't believe that pre-authorization is, the, is a pain in the behind. Sure I had this conversation with somebody on Facebook who was basically calling me a liar when I talked about what happened with not a client. This was a prospect who over the summer reached out to me because they had a problem and I mm -hmm. told them how to fix it. And mm -hmm. the agent didn't believe me when I said that they needed to get pre-authorization for emergency surgery. And he said, well, you shouldn't have to get pre-authorization for emergency surgery. And I said, yeah, you're right, but they did. Mm -hmm. And luckily my client had a credit card and you know they they're not on Medicaid or Medi-Cal, you know they they make decent money and they handed the doctor the credit card and said do the emergency surgery, but you know Joanna, not all of our clients nope. can put of unlimited surgery amount on their credit card and nope. fight with the insurance company later. That's not an option for a lot of people. My gallbladder surgery was over $35,000. Oh know? my gosh. It was probably closer to 50 and not just a regular surgery. Like that's not anything specialized. So, I mean, how many people have a credit card that has a $50,000 limit? It's just crazy. Yeah. You know, just crazy. crazy. And, Insurance agents, if you don't believe this stuff happens, <laughs> you haven't been in the business long enough to see it happen. You and know? I think that's what well, you've just is. been lucky. They ha they haven't had the the exposure yet. I've had a lot of exposure from other people being exposed. You know, being a mentor of hundreds, I get the exposure of their clients' problems too. <laughs> you know, not just right. my own. <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't have that. I don't have that luxury, but. And I don't have that many clients. I have like 550 clients or something mm -hmm. like that, which is a good amount. I mean, it's yeah. enough to say, yeah, I know what I'm doing, but it's not on the Facebook groups. People say, yeah, I've got 3000 clients. And I'm thinking, how do you serve? Like, how do you do that? I don't know how one person can handle they don't. that many clients. They don't. They don't. They don't. <laughs> they don't. They're they LOA. Don't they, they don't LOAs. answer the phone or they have LOAs that they're not telling you about. Yeah, because right. I'm like, I'm I'm talking to my clients. They, well, they're talking at, to me. At about 500 clients, you, you should probably, you wait. I know you have a, an assistant, uh, an, a, an unlicensed assistant. Most people right now are about to get an LOA at about 500 clients, you know. It's funny because I got one. I got one when I had like three clients. I was Perfect. like, yeah, because she was already my assistant when I was a yeah. financial advisor. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't care if I don't have any clients. I'm setting this thing up mm -hmm. correctly. It's harder from the to beginning. train someone when you're already busy every day. Yeah. 
And I, I had the luck. I admit it. I have luxury because I sold mm-hmm. my financial planning practice and my husband's my sugar daddy. Mm-hmm. So I need one he, of those. he supported <laughs> me for a little while. I mean, I could have supported myself. I had savings, sure. but it, 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 it is nice to have somebody else's income mm-hmm. to lean on. And I know not everybody has the luxury of that, but at this point I'm his sugar mama. Nice. And he was my sugar daddy, but now I'm his sugar mama and he works <laughs> for me. <laughs> so yeah, he's, he works for me now. So, um, but yeah, so yeah, so many things are changing. You know, one thing about the Medicare business, it doesn't stay the same, does it? Nope. No, it, it is interesting. It's changed so much in just the last five years, you know, no. We watched we watched technology boom. I, I called it the COVID technology boom. Um, COVID really helped us in that regard, you know. But now CMS is coming for our paychecks, our, our marketing money. Our they're coming for the IMOs heads. And like you said, one of my friends had guessed this. He said that they're trying to eliminate multiple distribution channels. And just like you guessed. They're probably trying to push the call centers. Why else attack the 48-hour scope unless it's an inbound? But those are the ones who are causing the drama. I'm not the one purchasing the lively transfers from Pakistan, right? It's not you and me that's, who's that's causing that. Ridiculous. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Now, I, I have to tell you, I did, I did tell a client. Uh, now these are my clients usually that yeah. that want something, and I'm like, if if you want to do this today, you're going to have to call me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can't. And call it's you. the craziest thing that we have to have a 48 hour scope on a current client that we're doing a review on. I just missed a phone call. One of my current clients called back to back twice. If I call him and he wants a plan change. 40 hour scope. But if I let him call me again, this is just the dumbest thing, Kathy. I, he's been my client since 2018. <laughs> you just text them. You just call text me back. And say, if I call, no, I tell him. I say, if I call you, then we're going to have to wait for it. Now, my appointment schedule is usually booked. So I can't talk to him the same day anyway. But let's say we have this appointment because they go online, they schedule, and they never got me the SOA. Mm-hmm. So even though we've been texting, calling, whatever, they didn't get me the SOA. Mm-hmm. Then I tell them that day, I'm like, I'm going to need the SOA regardless. Mm-hmm. But if I call you, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to get the SOA and then reschedule. If you call me, I can do a verbal SOA mm-hmm. and we can take care of it. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. I'm just, I, and I Perfect. thank God I haven't had to do it very often. Mm-hmm. I've done it. Once or twice, mm-hmm. and but I don't like to do that because I like to be very, very on. I don't like to be in the gray area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But hey, and another thing I'm telling my clients, Joanna. So I'm going to go off topic here a minute, and I'm not going to mention any names. But there's a drug plan that mm. is very, very inexpensive. Mm. And um, I have a sneaking suspicion. Now, I'm t- I could be totally wrong. I'm a very, very cynical kind of person when it comes to money. And why would a drug plan that is not getting, in my opinion, proper reimbursement from CMS mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for medications, and if they really want us to be 100% uh, 
not worrying about money. They would pay us the same money for drug plans as they would for Medicare Advantage plans. Ooh, because they take just as much time. No, longer. Longer. Yeah. Uh, well, no, just as much. Because Medicare Advantage, you still have to get the drugs and you still have to get the doctors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they would pay us the same if they really want it to be fair and balanced. Mm-hmm. But um, so this unnamed company that is charging either zero or under a dollar for their drug plans. This is what I'm telling my clients. I'm saying, look, they're like, why is it so cheap? And I'm like, well, my opinion, and I always preface it with my opinion because my opinion is mine. I don't mm-hmm. work for these companies. I'm not on their board of directors. I think they're trying to gather a big client base so that they can then call them and switch them to Medicare Advantage. They're already doing it. Okay, so here's what I'm telling my clients to say. Hmm. I say, okay, if you get any phone calls from anybody, I don't care if it's the name of this unnamed company or if it's just some random person calling them off the street, Mm -hmm. here's the words to say. I'm already working with a broker. Please take me off your marketing list. Mm -hmm. And by the way, where's my signed permission slip that I signed to give you permission to call me because my broker has to get one. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm telling them to say. Mm-hmm. You know, and so every one of my clients I've done, I looked at how many applications we've done this year. I mean, this AEP since, mm-hmm. and it's been almost a hundred. Now mm-hmm. that's not a hundred new clients because mm-hmm. this year, I think I'm going to sell the least amount of clients I've ever sold yeah. since my first business, since the first time I entered the business. All the prescription plans changed. I'm, I'm, I'm just... I maxed out, you yeah. know, I mean, the amount of clients that I have. Yeah. That's why you were going to have to get more help if you want to grow. And I know you don't really care about growing, but I have to go get an LOA now too, because I'm still working on my PDP reviews. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. Well, don't you do them before? Don't you do them in the background or do you do them with the client? No, I try to do them in the background, but nobody's technology was right this year for the first two and a half, three weeks. You're right. Medicare.gov and Sunfire was still a hot mess two weeks ago, a week ago. I'm sitting here like trying to figure out when someone's going to hit the the donut hole, the coverage gap. And, you know, it's like nobody's system was right. I don't understand the donut hole this year. You know, people are capped out at 8,000, but it's really 3,500. I don't really get that. Uh, Are they counting now what the insurance carriers are spending to reach Mm -hmm. that donut hole threshold? Mm -hmm. So this is the first year they're doing that then. So now it's more fair. Mm Because before I was told the client, I would say, it's a lot easier to get into the donut hole than out of the donut hole because mm-hmm. to get into the donut hole, they count what the insurance company spends. And to get out of the donut hole, they only count what you spend. Yes. But that doesn't seem to be the case anymore, right? Because right. it's capping out a lot faster. I mean, most of the only people that are really affected by that are the people who are on expensive medications like Manjaro, Ozempic. Yeah. Uh, what's the other one? Repath. Anything you see on TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The TV um, drugs. <laughs> you know? But it certainly was making my, because some of them, I'm like, should you stay? Should you go? It's hard to tell because all the the numbers are willy wonky. Do I want to tell I you agree. to move over to that unnamed carrier when you could be fine on this current carrier? I, I don't really know. So for a while, I was just like, psh, I was just doing the lower drug cost ones. The tier ones and twos were easy, you know, but the ones with threes and fours and the fours that didn't make any sense. I don't know. Let's do this in a couple weeks. That's 
Probably smart. So we start gathering the data in September now. Yep. We gave we gather the data in September and then we start doing the analysis on October 1st. We send out the quotes starting October 15th because we don't want to send them out on in October October 1st because they might accidentally try to sign up. Mm-hmm. I just had a client. So she came over to me. She, um, I helped her save like a hundred bucks a month on her supplement plan. And I don't do drug plans now unless they're already a client. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know what? I'm not doing it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You got to be my client or I'm not doing your drug plan analysis. So she, she came over. I saved her like a hundred bucks a month on her supplement Mm -hmm. and her drug plan analysis. We did it for her. Sent her the quote. Somehow she signed up for fricking December. I don't know how she did that, but now we have to undo it and we have to, and the carrier said, oh, don't worry. It'll automatically be changed to January. And I'm like, you know what? I don't buy it. I think something's going to get effed up. We trust them with nothing, right? And then she won't have a drug plan, you know, or it'll be on the wrong one and she'll blame me Mm -hmm. and every, she'll tell everybody where I live and then everybody will hate me. So I'm like, no, we're not we doing how that. This goes. Yeah, exactly. So how do you do it? How do you do the drug plan reviews? I normally used to do them October 1st too, but I just couldn't. I mean, I was trying to do some last week and I was just like, throw it all away. <laughs> you know, I, I was really just frustrated because I, I had always planned. I always try to get the drugs out of the way first. So October 15th, I'm concentrating on new prospects. And I just haven't been able to this. My, my year has gone to crap, you know, I'm still currently going through my current clients and trying. When do you, when do you get the drug information? When do you start gathering that? So we start sending it out in September too. Um, This is one of my IMO. (laughs) They send out. They're doing it for you. Mm -hmm. Wait for the Uh, drug, the drug. mm -hmm. Yeah. So they send out postcards. So like, let's say you were my client, you would get a postcard in the mail with a QR code that goes to your file on my CRM to update your drugs and your doctors. And I get the doctors too, because it doesn't say if you have a supplement or whatever, right? So they're, they're inputting it into your CRM. What Uh CRM? Oh, wait, you're using. It's a proprietary um, one. Wait, is that the one that, uh, done for you or whatever? Nope. Nope. This is spark. Oh, Oh, it's spark. So, oh, it's theirs. So it's Mm -hmm. your IMOs. Mm -hmm. And so you're using two CRMs. I'm using three. (laughs) Oh my God. How do you, how do you, I don't even know how you do that. Well, so I use different things for different things. So I use my, my DFY has my website and my courses on it for my agents, my IMO. My agency block I use for my agent's data, and um, I, I'm having my assistant put my client data on agency block, like my life okay. insurance, my ACA, my Medicare is going to be exported and go back to there. DFY, I feel, is a client nurturing system. Oh, so it's a prospect. Yeah. It's for prospects well, it, or clients? It, both. Both. Okay. Right? But... For my Medicare, Spark does the prospecting a little bit or nurturing a little bit better. So like today, they emailed out 
my newsletter with my branding, an email newsletter that they already written, has top flight, my phone number, my address, everything on it. And I can see it all here. They send out emails. Like one of my clients got an email. Don't be spooked by these health and wellness tips. Another email. How do you like your current plan? You know, just a a nurturing thing, especially if they didn't respond to the AEP survey, which is the postcard that was sent out. And so I'm, I'm loving that piece of it for my Medicare clients. So but it's email. It's not physical. They're not sending out physical letters. They're sending or... out physical postcards. Yeah. That's in September that's for free. Yeah. Oh, so that's, so I had a postcard sent out. My FMO sent out a letter mm-hmm. and they send out this letter to not all my clients, just the clients that they, that I've gotten since I joined them. Mm-hmm. And it says, call me and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then they send out a postcard to prospects. I'm not going to do either again next year. I'm not going to do the prospect postcard and I'm not going to do the the letter to my clients because my assistant said, this works everybody up into a frenzy Mm -hmm. and we don't need to do that. So she got mad at me when I sent it out this year. So I probably won't send it out next year. So it did get the phone ringing. I like I had to forward all my phone calls on my cell phone because all my old <laughs> clients have my cell phone number. Right. And they all wanted to talk on the 15th, you know. Right. But it's good because some of them probably haven't talked to me in like a couple of years. Like if we didn't okay. haven't needed to change their plans. Because you know, the PDPs didn't have any various changes until the last year. couple of years. Right. So, you know, most of the time the PDPs were almost identical, right? And it's really this year that I'm having to do a MedSup and PDPs. And, you know, as I'm doing their PDPs, I'm looking at their MedSup price increases. And we caught one. One of my, one of my widows forgot to pay her premium and I have to find her oh, a new no. And guess what her medication is? A big expensive. Wait, what is mm. that? Momentum. Do you know what that know means? What that is. No. It's a dementia medication. Oh, does she have any special rights for forgetting to pay her premium no, if she has her, dementia? Her, um, I wish. The old carrier that I wrote her with from 2017 doesn't care. They said she's beyond her grace period. Now, here's the thing. She doesn't know. She doesn't have dementia. I've, I've known her for all these years. Like, why she's is like, she on it? She has no idea. She was trying to call her doctor. Because I was like, this is a dementia medication. This is going to be a flag when I put your application through with somebody else. And I was like, honestly, I, I'm hoping I can get her a new med sup right now, you know. Well, can you do it with <gasps> I mean, I don't know about Georgia, but they don't ask that question in um, South Carolina. Okay. Well, that's a good that's a good thought. I was going to go towards because I need to get her a mid-month start date. Because oh. um, right now she's without <laughs> Do they coverage. do that? Yeah. They do yeah, that? They do. Mm-hmm. They do. Okay. I don't know if they asked that question either. I have to, I just was going to go write it right after we finish. I need, I need you to be my upline for, um, phys- <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Give me all your contracts. <laughs> we have a, an amazing trainer, uh, Andrew Saul. Oh, Andrew Saul. I thought that he was a, uh, I guess cause I see him in the Facebook group. I thought that he was a producer. Mm, he's the district manager of, 
I've spoken to them because you know what? I was going to get contracted with them before mm-hmm. and they spoke to me and it sounded like a career agent position. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? I know we don't call it a career agent, but based on what you're saying, it is. And I'm just not interested in that. Mm-hmm. And then I was talking to somebody else. I'm not cheating on you, but I was cheating on you. I was talking to somebody else and they mentioned that it wasn't career. And I said, okay, send me your contract. Mm -hmm. And they did. And I never did anything. (laughs) Someone, you know, someone, you know, and if you're listening, the other someone, I'm sorry, I'm not going to say who it was. Is he bald? (laughs) I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say who, because I love you both, you know, but of course I love you more because we're, you know, we're, we're a team, right? Yes. Uh, But really, if Brindle, if you're listening, I love you more, Brindle. (laughs) Just kidding. I can't choose. I can't choose. I I love them both. It's okay. Um, But yeah, so I guess I need, because I didn't know that there was any careers left that did mid-year or mid-month start dates. I'm telling Uh all my clients, no, it's always on the first of the month. And they have a... They have a special with the life insurance. If you get the MedSup and you get the life insurance, I believe the life insurance is guaranteed issue, like meaning that they will accept it anyways. I had to double check on that, but there was like some, something really cool. Something. With, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes people can't qualify for a whole lot, you know, when we meet them, they might already be sick. And, you know, if they're in the open enrollment for a med sub, that doesn't mean that they're going to get life insurance too. So that's true. That's true. I will, I would definitely ask Andrew though. He's one of my besties, probably the bestie. I have him on speed dial and he just responds so fast. So it's like, I love it when people make it easier to place business with you, you know? It is nice. You know, I, I have this, this, I'm dealing a lot right now with California because a large hospital group scripts made an announcement. They're not going to take Medicare Advantage anymore. And so, you know, I have a big book of business in San Diego. That's where I'm from. And I still get referrals in San Diego and I'm connected to a lot of the assisted living and independent living and memory care facilities there. So I have this referral. This referral is actually from a client. This person is 80, 82 years old, sharp as a tack. When I, when I first called him, I thought there was going to be some issue. No, sharp as a tack, Mm -hmm. no hearing, nothing, no problems, but he just does not use computers, period. Okay. And I have to do a lap though, because he's got Mm. some health problems and because has an underwriting holiday in California right Mm -hmm. now. And so I'm like, okay, we're just going to do this application and I'll get you a plan G extra or plan G innovative or whatever the plan G is that we're going to go with. But I can't get him the freaking booklet. You know, I need to get him a physical booklet. He doesn't use email. He doesn't, you know, do all of this. And so I reached out to my broker rep and said, can you mail the client? You know, can you mail this? Can you mail out one? application. Seems like a reasonable request to me. Nope, not going to do it. The only way I can get an application, I have to, I have to order 10 and they have to come to me and then I have to mail it to the client. Do they have any kids or anybody you can email it to? Nope. Mm. Nope. You know what though? They do have a friend. The issue is getting the thing freaking printed. 
You know, I mean, I'm going to have to print that sucker and next day air it to him. Mm -hmm. And it's going to cost me, I'm probably not going to get paid. I don't even know if (gasps) pays on an 82 year old. Probably not. So I'm spending probably $30 on printing another $20 on next day air. So I'm already plus the time I've already spent an hour with him. I'm going to have to spend another hour with him Mm -hmm. and I'm in the hole. (laughs) So I'm like, how come my broker manager just couldn't have popped one in the mail? You know, he has access. They don't, they don't do any voice signatures. I no, I can do no, I can do the voice signature. Oh, okay. But how do I get the packet to him? Sure. Aren't I not required to send him a packet? You know, I mean, is is the company gonna mail him a physical packet? Had he called the carrier direct, they would have they, they they would just sign him up. They oh, without worrying without yeah. worrying about him having a packet? Yeah. Yeah. And the client doesn't care. The client's like, I don't care. And I'm like, yeah, but I want to do this legally. And I don't, I do not like doing voice signatures to begin with. Yeah. You know, I just don't. But you know what? Since we have to record the calls and we have to keep them, what the heck? Mm -hmm. My issue is I use Connecture. And when you do a voice signature, okay, I don't know if, so for the listener, you can't see this, but for people who are watching this on YouTube, I have carpal tunnel. Yeah. And when I have to sit there and click, yes, I said this. Yes, yeah. I said this. It's like a hundred extra clicks to do a voice mm-hmm. signature. And I'm like, oh my God. Crazy, Excuse right? my language. Yeah, it's crazy. It just, it, it hurts me physically. And I tell my clients that too, the ones that need a voice signature. I'm like, I just want you to know that this is physically painful for me to have to do this. Mm-hmm. So I was about a third of the way in one yesterday. And my client said, oh, here it is. Here it is. And so she finished it. I didn't have to do the voice signature. (laughs) I'm like, good, you do it. So anyway, I think we're probably running out of time. Yeah. So I don't know. Should we release this early as like a special report and push it up uh, in front of the other episodes (laughs) we've recorded? Probably so, because when if we wait to air this and for another couple months, it's going to be obsolete. Yeah. So we could probably air it now and it'll be the first episode is really the seventh episode or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll see if we can get this um, ready to go and I'll send it, I'll send you the link and then you can, you can share it out with people and talk about what we've been talking about today. Cause it is an important topic. This is something that Every insurance agent who sells Medicare really needs to think about. And like Joanna said, we need to reach out to our public officials or whoever we need to reach out to. Maybe Joanna can pop a, uh, give us the link and I'll put that in the show notes of who to contact. I think it's important, especially telling the, the officials how their proposed changes affect beneficiaries because they don't care how it affects us. They they really could care less about us at all, you know, but how it affects your beneficiaries and how your beneficiaries need access to you. You know, it's like, I'm not even worried about my own paycheck at this point. I'm worried about how your mom. Yeah. My, my mom and dad, mm. and I have two, I have an autistic sister who's 26 Without me guiding her, 
she wouldn't know what to do. She would probably answer every phone call and her plan would be changed on every day, you know, because that's what happens. I, I just got access to Mark's. Another thing that my IMO did for me, they got me access to Mark's and now I could see the plan changes. And one of my clients with dementia, their power of attorney contacted me and I saw somebody went in and changed their plan from what I had them on. And I had, we were talking about changing the plan for January anyways, somebody with no legal authority to change on their own. You know, they have a guardian and everything just was solicited and changed. And I ha- we see these horror stories all the time on Facebook, you know. We've talked about this. There needs yeah. to be a law in place for powers of attorney. And we'll talk about that maybe in the next episode. Yep. So listener, thanks so much for listening. Joanna, thanks for coming on again. Yes, thanks for having and, me. Um, yeah. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye. On insurance business babes. <laughs> <laughs> bye. Bye. bye.